Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 7, Episode 5, Vacation All I Ever Wanted. The book, Vector Prime, by R.A. Salvatore. The year, 1999, or 2000. It's actually kind of unclear. With your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! So you're saying that Luke Skywalker is extorting the New Republic. Also, the fact that they named it with her last name and the name... That's tacky. I shitted and farted and came. Welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars novel discussion podcast. It's so novel. It's so novel. It's a weird podcast. I think there's at least one or two other shows that have to be doing the same thing, right? I mean, probably. Yeah, because it's just free out. It's out there for anyone who wants to make an easy discussion show. Anyone. Anyone out there can just grab a hold. Read these cheap old books and keep on going. Grab onto the teat of Star Wars and suckle. One of my favorite things about this book in particular, John, I don't know if you've looked at this yet, when you open up the very first couple of pages, one of them is a really cool star map of the galaxy of Star Wars as of Vector Prime. Yeah. And the other one is a full timeline of every Star Wars novel from the Star Wars Legends continuity. Yes. And I love it because it goes from 25,680 years before New Hope to, like, I think it's 45 years after A New Hope. Yep. And so I'm, now I'm like, i got to get both of those books, and they've got to be the next two books we do in a row. Uh. The book from the beginning and the book of the end. The book of the dead. Yeah. So, anyway, how are you doing? That's what everyone wants to know. That's the one thing that's important on this show. That's the only thing that matters. You're not going to tell us, though, are you? Never. I'll take it to my grave. All right, well, we'll check in with you next week and see how you're doing. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. (laughs) This has been How You Doing. Once again, John has proved recalcitrant and a coward who would abandon a dying man. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, duh. Although, to be in Rosby's case, I mean, what was he going to do that was going to be helpful in that situation? OnStar had already been called. (laughs) Too too much? Too too obscure? Eh. Eh. Anyway. Eh. Well, you know, you know what I always do when my jokes fall flat, John. How you doing? <laughs> there you go. There it is. <laughs> he said the thing, everyone. <laughs> That's what we wanted. All right. So at the beginning of chapter nine, uh, the uh, we see the beginning of an expedition. Yeah, we join a T Ubo and friends. Some friends. I mean, <laughs> the only one, who, the only other one whose name is going to matter is Jerem. Yeah, uh, Cap Caps here or something uh, like that. Jankum. Jerem Kaspir, I think, is his name. There's also a guy named Bereg, and it doesn't matter. It, it, no. It's, it's Tiobo, Jerem, and some corpses. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that they're like, look, it's Tiobo, and some people that we've strangely never said the names of yet. And that, you're like, oh, these guys are fucked. <laughs> I mean, that's been happening a lot in these chapters where they're just like, hey, and, and also two new guys came along. Look at this. Th- this guy's definitely going to die for sure. Hey, look, it's... It's Kirk, and he brought this guy in a red shirt along. Yeah, You're like, like well, f- Garth, sorry for that guy. Garth Craig or whatever his name was from the previous uh, episode. It's been more than a week, and so obviously I've forgotten yeah, everything. <laughs> yes. Okay, so Tiubo, who is the Twi'lek, the horny-ass Twi'lek that we've met before, uh, she's the one who's always hitting on everyone who shows up on the station. Oh, yeah, she's so jealous. Yeah, she's so jealous of Danny Quee and her hot good looks. Yeah. Normally, Twi'leks are always the hot one in any given room. So angry. Unless they're dudes, in which case they turn into either globular fatsos or weird turkey-necked vampires. Yeah. Uh, But no, not her. She's She's a sexy one. She's just a little older. 
But she also has a lot of seniority. She's going to be in charge of this particular away mission from the XGAL-4 facility on the planet Belkadan. Yeah, they uh, only got a little bit of the message, if you remember from last time, that Danny had sent about a coming storm. So yeah. they were like, oh, well, we'll go out into the middle of fucking nowhere and bring along our storm guy so he can tell us what's going on. And that's Jerem Kaspir, or whatever his full name is. Uh, he is the closest thing to a climatologist and geologist that they have at this particular ex-gal facility. <sighs> can I just say it seems very strange that they have one at all? No, that they would go out at all. Oh, like if yeah, someone yeah, yeah. calls in, they're like, oh, there's a massive storm coming. You'd think you'd be like, oh, we better, like, batten down the hatches, you know, instead of like, well, let's go run into the forest and see what it looks like. Cadmir with a D. Cadmir. And the thing Cadmus. Is, the thing is... Jenkin Cadmus. Jenkin Cadmus. The thing that's been driving me the most nuts about these people is, why don't they have any speeder bikes? Well, they don't have fucking anything. Yeah, they have, like... It, it, their operation is so ridiculously janky. They keep talking about how the Excal station itself is, like cool and impregnable and neat and everything but then like oh we've got one broken spaceship one slightly less broken spaceship and some limited range jetpacks and we are done yeah they have four jetpacks that they are using right now yeah and that appears to be sort of the limit of their mobility i mean they came there in a freighter just offload a car a regular car a regular wheeled car i know those aren't very common in star wars so it probably cost more money but just like one of those stupid 50 style hover cruisers from from uh, clone wars would be fine yeah just just anything yeah i mean even the fucking colonists on nam chorios had some bullshit yeah, like they had some janky land speeders. Cobbled together sailing land speeders and shit. And that one guy, why he had, what was it, the, the Phantom the, or the Phaeton or something? The fucking Cadillac the, of land speeders. The Cadillac of jet black perfect land speeders, marveled Luke for the 15th time. Ugh. Uh, yeah, just get a, like a T-38 or whatever. The, that's what I think that's what uh, Luke's speeder was. That can't be that expensive. Yeah. And just have one. But no, they have to, mar they have to do a four-day march through a jungle instead. It's very strange to me, again, that they would do this, because they're like, okay, originally they had, like, a couple of people had pitched, oh, what we have to do is use the jetpacks to, like, get to the edge of the forest, mm -hmm. because going through there's all those red-breasted cougars. Mm -hmm. and... Forget if they're breasted or crested. Let's assume... Oh, they're red-breasted. Let's assume it's both. They're, bo they're red-breasted and red-crested cougars. Oh, yeah, these mm -hmm. are red-breasted cougars. Yeah, red and breast and crest. <laughs> And, uh, Much like nature itself. Not unlike. <laughs> but T-Ubo's like, yeah, that's real fucking dumb, because if we do that, that'll use up all of the fuel, yeah. and then we'll have to just trudge back anyway. Yeah, although, to be fair, that's it, it, it doesn't make it dumb. That just means that well, what you're going to have to walk for four days either way. Yes, but what she's saying is what we can do is go up to basically walk through until we get to like a cliff area and then jump off and sort of half glide half um, use yeah, fuel that's fair so that way we can get way farther on the fuel we've got could they do that anyway just by using the tower that they built that they've already been up several chapters uh, just kidding uh, uh, i <laughs> yes how you doing uh, so uh so anyway they're trudging through the gun the jungle uh 
they have heard a note from Danny that there's some kind of storm, but mostly for the first couple of days, everything's going according to plan. They do their half-glide thing, just like uh, John was mentioning, and then they land somewhere in a, uh, a jungle and set down to wait for the night before they continue on their jungle adventure. Yeah, you've got uh, a couple other people with them. Just some random dude named Luther who doesn't really matter. Luther's the first to go, and he's very uh, un- irrelevant. No, I don't think he's the first to go, but he's definitely the most irrelevant of the group. Yeah, he doesn't really do anything or matter. There's one other one, uh, Ben Doty, who is only notable because he is an ex-soldier from uh, the Rebellion. Yes, he used to be some sort of like sharpshooter for the Rebellion. So he's the one person on the mission who's like, yeah, fucking... if." Some kind of cougar comes out at us. I'll shoot that motherfucker. Things turn sideways. I'm the Vasquez of this group. Yeah, I'm going to die. I'm definitely going to die like right away. (laughs) Although you're going to be impressed by how cool I look. Wouldn't that make you the Boba Fett of Star Wars, then? Hey, 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 hey. All of us here are definitely... Boba Fett is the Boba Fett of Star Wars, okay? Boba Fett where? Boba Fett. (laughs) I mean, there were jetpacks and everything. I know. He is clearly the Boba Fett of this book. Uh, So, yeah, they're... They're kind of spooked out because, you know, as they're spending the night in jungles, they hear, like, all sorts of noises, but they mostly make it there without too much problem. Yeah. And then when they settle down for the night, they land without any kind of incident, but there's a ton of noise around them. Cougars just going nuts in the, in the, in the vicinity. Just but no, fucking hardcore. Just, yeah, they're just getting really down and dirty, and it's, it's honestly kind of unpleasant, especially because red-breasted, crested cougars speak English. Oh, yeah. yeah and so. for some reason, Salvatore goes into, like really graphic detail on yeah, it. Some of these cougars are into age play. It's very unusual. <laughs> There's some cougar out there in a diaper yeah. explaining what he's into. It's very weird. Yeah. I don't know what Salvatore was going for here. but yeah. uh, uh, Definitely check it out if that's kind of your thing, if you're into like diaper furs. Because these aren't really furries exactly. No, they're they actu- are furs. They are actual cougars who yeah. speak English. And are kinky. And have red breasts and crests. Yes. Uh, all of these are true. All, these are all not things we've made up. You do not need to check out this book for yourself. <laughs> Everything we're telling you at this time is 100% accurate. You merely can believe us. Trust us. Uh, and then it turns out that the reason the cougars are all freaking out in the distance isn't so much because they're in an all ages age play fuck fest, uh, but rather because they're dying. Yeah, we <laughs> we get them waking up at one point when they're like, "Oh, we're we must be getting." Pretty close to that there storm here, and they wake up to essentially everyone just choking and coughing and all fucked up, and they've and they're surrounded by a thick like brownish green diarrhea mist. Yeah, I mean it's basically like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at no, all times. You, yeah, you're basically a pig pen of farts. Yeah, yeah, which is weird because that's me. But whatever, it's yeah. fine. We'll let you have this. It's one. fine. Whatever, yeah, it's fine. The, the joke works. Yeah, way. we don't need the verite. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so they all have to like scramble to get on these oxygen masks, put on the gloves too, in case it's some kind of contact poison. And Which they're looking. I, around- also, again, I'm going to say, kind of weird that they even took these masks with them. Uh, yeah, they were just worried that this was a storm. Like yeah, the whole they time, like, they've been like, "Let's find out what this storm is doing." And I'm like, "Why do you have a environmental mask?" Although they're not that scared when this happens, they wake up and they're like, "Ah, shit!" Put on your enviro suits, everyone. Get your shit together. Maybe that's just standard issue if you're going to jetpack out into a foreign planet. I don't know. Um, but anyway, once they get the enviro suits on, they're still not that worried. They're like, "What is this shit? Must be volcanic ash or something." I bet there's been an explosion on the other side of the planet. But one of the guys goes, "Dude, did the 
tree is emanating this. Like, you can look at this leaf and see that it is exuding this nonsense. Yes. And so after the initial, oh, it's just a volcano, we're going to have to go back and let the others know. They're like, no, look at the trees and and grasses and shit. And all of the trees surrounding them and and all the plants are basically choking out thick yellow green smoke. And as they look off in the distance, they can see that basically this is a wave that is traveling. And Mm -hmm. like, as it goes, the trees are becoming infected and sending out this nastiness yeah so this is actually some kind of dutch elm plague uh this kind of dutch oven plague so they try to dig up real quick they try to dig up some grasses to see what's going on and sure enough there's some little red brown beetles at the base of the grass that are kind of skittering away as they dig up the uh the the smoky grass ah the smoky grass yeah you know the smoky grass by chi chen chong I think Chen Chong love that, the smoky grass. Did that just age me? If my reference for a famous smoked out celebrity, should I have gone with a more like relevant modern one, like a like a McConaughey or something? I don't know. I don't know that that's also a relevant modern one. Really, who's the who's the most current modern smoked out celebrity? I don't know, man. I mean, I figure you got to go with like. <sighs> Even then, I'm I'm thinking stuff like Snoop Dogg and things like that, like and it's still like Post Malone or something like that. I don't know which one of these guys is like famous for all their prodigious weed smoking these days. I don't think it's something you get famous for anymore. Now that we're basically yeah. starting to legalize it all over the place, it's like ooh. This guy smokes weed isn't really a thing that matters. I mean, you still get the occasion, like when Jimmy Fallon has like Jimmy or, or uh, Willie Nelson on his on his show. Yeah, when st- Jimmy Fallon has Jimmy Fallon on well, his no, show. Well, no, they did that. It was like a week ago. Uh, Will- Willie Nelson was on Jimmy Fallon being like, I've uh, tried every kind of weed. I've never had a bad experience. And then Fallon's all <laughs> hair ruffle. <laughs> I'm famous. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's 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 how that went down. And But it's still like, oh, let's have Willie Nelson on. Do we want to talk about his music? No. No one wants to talk about Willie Nelson's music. You want to talk about how how he doesn't even know how many albums he has? <laughs> that's a that's a fun true fact about Willie Nelson. He has somewhere around ninety five albums. Wow. No one is sure exactly how many. That's a lot. That's too many. <laughs> Stop it. But Willie. do we want to talk about that? No. We want to talk about if he's enjoyed smoking weed all the times he's enjoyed smoking weed. What do you know? Yes. Uh. So yeah, they take a little sample. They get a bug and put it in a pouch they get the plant and put it in a pouch mm-hmm. and then out jumps a red crested cooger yeah it's breasts all red and crusty <laughs> oh no i'm all crusty <laughs> and uh they're like oh shit but then it just sort of chokes to death and dies in front of them uh-huh so they're like ah, oh, well this is uh no good <laughs> And then they begin to run. Run, indeed, they do. Because they try like to the use wind. the jetpacks to escape the plague, but there's so much goop in the air that it blo- these jetpacks need oxygen to start the fires in them to run. And they can't start the fire. Yeah, they can't. They didn't start the fire. Yeah. That's uh, right. I don't want to finish Another writing reference. that. I don't want to finish writing that line, though. I don't want to be like, it, they were always doomed since, I don't know, the Beatles Loom were... and loom. Yeah, since, since Yeoman Carr entombed them. I don't know. Ha! <laughs> 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 uh, I don't want to do a Billy Joel thing right now. <laughs> Come back to me tomorrow for a Billy Joel thing. Come back to me tomorrow for more Billy Joel. We'll do a River of Dreams thing or something. I don't know. <laughs> Down Easter Alexa. <laughs> I celebrate the man's entire catalog. <laughs> I do. He's a good. He's a good singer. You sat down for Billy Joel, and you're down for about an hour of some very good music. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Uh huh. 
I'm not going to say it's not true. No, it's great. Every time. You just pick him with a pen and he, and he emits a perfect song. <laughs> uh, like a deflating balloon that, with perfect pitch. Yeah, that's just his ouch. <laughs> uh, okay, so, uh, yeah, they start to run. Uh, Luther is, is gone almost immediately. He just disappears into the smoke and they hear him cho- uh, choking and coughing. But eventually they do find his corpse and take his oxygen pack and keep going. Well, no. That's not what happens at all. That's what happens. Don't have you don't have to worry about it, John. Trust me. <laughs> well, you got to lie to the people because you're taking away uh, Ben Doty's big moment. Yeah, Ben Doty's big. Mo- I thought it happened afterwards, so my no. bad. Okay. Yeah, Ben Doty. Eventually, when they're running, he's like, "Oh, we're not. We don't have enough oxygen for us to make it back." So he just like takes his fucking tank off and goes here. Yeah, right, go throws it to uh t ubo who's still on the move and she's the one who's pragmatic about this she's like mm, she's not like no you can't go besides he's good at, at doing the whole self-sacrifice thing because he throws her the oxygen pack and then he turns and runs off into the smoke so they can't have the argument oh yeah he pulls a fucking gun on him and they're like no man co- okay well hey <laughs> oh, goodbye he just turns and runs off into the smoke because that because uh, it's jerem who's like no man we'll we all go together and he's like yeah bye yeah no you're an idiot anyway <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to go now, rips his mask off, runs into there, and you can hear him choking, and then he laser blasts fucking Luther in the chest mm-hmm. and kills him, so he's like, ha there you go, get another thing of oxygen. Oh, is that what he did? He murdered Luther to keep to, to, uh, to give cut more the group oxygen. in half. Okay. Yeah. Well, then they take Luther's oxygen pack and they run off. And even then, there's still, Jerem and T. Ubo are standing around talking, and as he's dying, you can hear Ben Doty yelling from the smoke, like, just go, you idiots! Fucking run, you Come. dumb assholes. <laughs> Don't make my sacrifice stupid by murdering yourselves in the woods. And so they start to run. And of course, eventually they get to a point where Tiubo's like running low on oxygen and looks at it and just kind of goes, yeah, here you go. You're a better runner than I am. I've been holding you back for about an hour now. Here, Here's the fucking thing with the bug and the plant and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You got to go back to them. You got to try and get the... F- uh, like weird freighter that we hadn't mentioned until right this moment that we have. I mean, it came up. They were like, oh, we have a freighter on the planet when they first mentioned the star caster or whatever it is that they're flying in now. Yeah. But they were like, it's an even worse repair. So uh, you got to try and repair that and get out of here. And, yeah. Uh, you you run. You run like the wind, yeah, you and sweet like, baby boy. He's like, no, I won't. We have to go together. And then she just rips off her mask and runs away, too. She's like, Come on, you dumb asshole, go. Yeah, well, she takes a big breath in front of him. She's like, she rips the mask off, throws her oxygen packs to him, and is like, watch this. And and she and he's like, no! And her eyes are already, like, turning red and bubbly. And then she starts shooting at him to get him to move. Yeah. Because Jerem is terrible. Yeah, Jerem's a big dumb idiot. I mean, he's not in a great situation. Let's not be too mean to Jerem. Okay, no. But even before this happened, he was sort of the, like, I'm the whiny nerd that's going along with this group into the jungle. Yeah. Which is weird, given that they're all supposed to be scientists, but they set it up as like, ooh, here's three badasses in this no. nerd. I mean, Luther's not exactly a badass in that scenario. He just gets shot and killed. Yeah, but He's he not... doesn't whine about things. Yeah, that's And he fair. was part of the group that was like, ooh, we should just fucking super jump our way over to the... Yeah, yeah but like... Uh... But yeah, Jerem is the is the wimpy one for sure. I mean, it's it's a it's, he's doing pretty well given the circumstances. Uh, he realizes that he isn't going to be able to get up over some cliff because the jetpack won't start with oxygen, uh, without any oxygen. So he tears off his own mask and puts his oxygen hose over the intake valves of his jetpack and uses that to get up above the. Uh, a smart play. Yeah, he jumps 
up and out of the disgusting nonsense fog mm -hmm. and uh, makes his way towards base. Yeah, I mean, honestly, they should have all started with that, but, but you know, who cares? Eh. Uh, it, it, was, it took him a while to think of it, I guess. And then he makes his way towards the base. Uh, and we stay with him all the way through this journey. He, he, it takes him several hours to make, or days to make his way back to the base. Yeah, he basically runs through the night. He's like, I'm not stopping. I don't give a shit. Yeah, and uh, he is... His uh, navigator stuff is broken, so he's doing his best to kind of field navigate his way back to the to Excal Four. He's really worried at one point that he's like, "I'm going to run right past it." Yeah, he's like, "I don't know, man. I'm just going to be like slightly off center and just run in some direction near it." Yeah, but instead he runs right he runs right over a ridge and finds the base, and also Yeoman Car is standing there. So <laughs> he yeah. runs right over the hill and into the waiting arms of menacing W pervert. Uh, Yeoman Car in this chapter has really kind of hit a limit for me with the number of times I am able to read the poise, the graceful poise of a practiced warrior uh, before I get sick of it. Uh, see, I thought you were going to say the number of times we have to hear about how much he is close to orgasm when the little needle things come out of his flesh. I mean, also, yes, but we've talked about that before. The thing I'm really sick of is the, the with the graceful ta uh, pet talent of a trained warrior before he does anything at all, every single time. It's oh, like yeah. he's... It's like he's playing Exalted and he's always angling for at least two stunt dice. <laughs> and the uh, DM's like, I'm not sick of this yet. Keep hitting me about how you're a warrior trained and born or whatever. I'm, I'm loving two dice. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, fucking Jankum comes up and is like, hey, Yeoman Car, fucking it's not. It's not it's volcanism not a, in a storm. It's not a storm. It's. Some sort of plague, and we're all going to die, and we got to go. It's almost like uh, it's a few hours out, and Yeoman Car's just like, yes, it's three hours out, you big yeah. dumb asshole. And in favorable conditions, it will have taken over the planet in two days. And finally, uh, is, or Jerem is like, oh, shit, why are you saying favorable conditions? You're a bad guy, aren't you? Ah, oh, fuck. And he tries to run, and even though he's super fast, Yeoman Car has the trained muscles of a warrior. He has the graceful poise of a warrior born. And... Catches him and grabs him and slams him up against a tree and is like, hey, my dude, first of all, poke. Let me have this thing slide off me. I'm a disgusting, weird monster thing. I'm all disfigured and clearly not human. Ha <laughs> ha. Watch my Ooglyph masker. My favorite thing about the masker in this situation is not only do we get the description of how the orgasmic release of as it digs its way out of his skin again, but also this time he doesn't take it and put it in a case. It just slides down his shirt. Yeah, it just slides down his pant leg and out into the floor. And you're like, man, you're going to get your masker all dirty. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to die in the plague, buddy. Don't you want that thing? I do not. I want to be an evil guy wandering around all evil in this compound. It also makes me wonder, like, if it was just one piece, did it have to, like, go up one pant leg and then down the other? Because it just slid down as one thing. Well, yeah, I was, I've been wondering for a while now if it's just a face mask or if he's got a whole body suit. Oh, it's the whole thing. It's a whole body. So maybe he's wearing it right now like, like fishing waders or something, like only the top half slid off and he... He, like, set it to just He's legs, like please. like a banana you've only just peeled. <laughs> he takes the arms and ties them off over the front of suspenders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. 
uh, so anyway, he's like, he has to go all mastermind unloading on poor Jerem. He's like, he's like, yes, I have been among you for days. I could let you go back down into the facility and warn them of the plague. But unfortunately, you discovered it is a plague. I was hoping you would return and say it was merely a storm so that they would not have time to prepare. But you have given them time to prepare. I have chosen because of your excellent survival to give you a warrior's death instead of a regular death. Yeah, and of blah, course, blah, 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 blah. Jerem at this point is just like, uh, what? Uh, who? Huh? What? <laughs> I'm sorry, what the fuck are yeah, you talking what, about? He's we... like, the great praetor Yuzhen Vong, you shall know glory as I s- destroy you and give you to Yum Yum Cut. He's like, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't have any idea what the fuck you're talking about, my uh, dude. Who, who? Sorry now, what? Why are you all gross looking? <laughs> I'm very tired. Uh, but yeah, he breaks... This is one of my favorite descriptions in here because he, uh, with with a practiced motion of a warrior's art or whatever, he breaks Jerem's neck bone. Yeah, just the one, just the one. Everyone's got everyone in Star Wars just has the one neck. Bone. The one neck bone. You, you got, got. You, you got the one neck bone. Yep, you got just one bone. Hold your head up straight, and if that cracks, woof, it's bad times. That's why it's so easy to break necks in Star Wars. Yeah, you'd think it would keep people from getting beheaded so easy, but no, apparently not. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's what it was originally evolved for. Uh huh. That's the special. That's how you can tell that no one in Star Wars is actually a human. They've all got the neck bone. They just have the one neck bone, and weirdly, they also all have baculums. <laughs> and everyone in Star Wars has the penis bone, even the women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not where you'd think it is. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> uh. So yeah, he gets murdered by Yeoman Carr, and then Yeoman Carr like. Stands around for a bit doing prayers and stuff. It says and he's he like, does it for hours. I was very impressed. He was like, yeah, no, no, this dude needs to go to Yon Yamka because I'm very impressed by him running out of that jungle. Yeah. And he's like putting his head to the ground and yelling at Yon Yamka and the warrior gods or whatever. And he like, also has to like justify the fact that he gave this dude a warrior's death to himself. Yes, because it was against the rules. The rules were don't give anyone here warrior's deaths. Let them all just die crazy in the plague or whatever. Yeah, he was like just his orders were have everyone... Just sit tight there, die to the plague, you survive it because you've got the Oogleth cloaker thing and the, the starfish little starfish. Breathing. Yeah, uh, and, and then just wait for someone to come and get you uh, on, a, on a dead, choked up plague planet. Yeah, because mostly they were like, oh, we want to see if, you know, a place full of scientists can figure out a way to stop our ridiculous bioweapon. Yeah. And so he justifies it like, oh, well, I'm actually following orders because... If I didn't kill him like this, then he would have gone back and told them that there was no way to try and fix it, and I'm supposed to have them try and fix it. Yeah, because specifically, Jerem's plan was to go try to fix the space bus and get off planet at any cost. Oh, yeah, because he was like, no, there's no way we can stop this. We have to leave. And so that was going to fuck up their plans of having them see if they could fix their... like bioweapon. The problem with Yeoman Carr's plan at this point is that now he's going to go back into the facility and just sort of wander around indiscriminately murdering people and messing with their attempts to fix things, which is like, I thought you were trying to figure out whether these guys could solve the plague or not, but you keep breaking their equipment. He's going to show up with the plant and the bug, and his plan is to be like, oh, here, we got this sample, and they died on the way here, but they had this, and why don't you try and figure this out? And his right. whole plan is they're going to spend so much time trying to study this bug and plant that they just die when the shit gets there. That's true. And anyway, that's, I think, the end of this this subchapter? Yes. Yeah. That's the end of the little yeoman car bit, but we have to jump over to that ice planet. Yes, because Danny Kui and uh, 
two dead guys are uh, <laughs> and unnamed corpses. I mean, they have names or everything and everything, but they're dead guys. Oh, they're one, very dead guys. One of them in particular was going to be super sad to find out that Bragg died last episode. I guess they were like good friends or lovers or something. I guess, but it's not like it matters. So don't you don't have to worry about it. So yeah, it's uh, Benson Tomri and Cho Badleg. I think it's Badeleg. But yeah, Badleg. Ba- Badleg. <laughs> He's got that skanky leg. Yep. Cho Badleg. Yeah. And uh, Benson Tomri are with Danny Key, and they're up there on the ship. Benson Dugnut. And, and Sleeve McDykel are up there <laughs> on the space caster. Yeah, and they've managed to make their way to Helska 4, a, an ice planet, which is just a big gray ball of ice. Yeah. And unfortunately for them, because they're cool scientists going off to study an interesting explosion, the planet's just sitting there. Yeah, they're like, okay. It's not exploded so at all. This if, is a terrible vacation. If a comet hit here, then this would have blown up. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so did it miss? Well, no, because it didn't keep going past the planet. We looked on our uh, little sensors. It definitely stopped here. Yeah. So well, this is confusing. Well, I- maybe, maybe it was just a rock with a bunch of gas around it, so it looked bigger. Maybe the rock was spinning real fast, and that's why it got to get yeah. all that gas. So they're having fun science discussions, and, and we have the same conversation that we've had a couple times with these people, where they're like, okay, at this point, we should probably go report our findings to the New Republic and to the rest of the ex-Gal society. No, no, no. Uh, if they, we do that, they'll show up here and take all the credit. And I like that Danny finally is like, we're already here. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they send anyone. It's our fine. Jesus Christ, shut up and do this. Stop this. We don't need to do all the science ourselves. So at that point, they're about ready to start making raids to send messages to the New Republic. But then they notice there's something on the planet. Yeah, there's a big hump. There's a big milky hump on the planet. <laughs> and they should really see a doctor about that. Yeah, you don't want to find milky humps all over your planet. If you get milky humps and red crests, <laughs> consult your doctor immediately. Uh, but it's big, big enough that they can see it from space. So something huge is on the planet, uh, and it's all gross and milky and, and clearly alive based on the readings that they're shooting they're at. They're like, oh, I, is this the thing we saw? And they're like, oh, also, there's some weird meteors out there. Probably came off of the comet when it hit, mm-hmm. except they're coming towards us and accelerating. <laughs> and they're like, well, that's impossible. Space shit can't accelerate unless it has some kind of way to do so. Oh, no, we're oh. under attack. Yeah, and then they're under attack. And these are coral skippers. They're the little fighters that were stuck on the ends of the world ship's big floppy octopus mat. Yeah, uh, and it's it's, it's basically just rocks. They're just that you pilot, sit in and shoot. They're piloted rocks, and we don't we don't get too far into how they work. Nope. And they spit some kind of acidic goo. That's their weapon attack. Yeah, they they basically have like a little magma ball that they spit out, and it melts into their ship. Yeah. And so, one of them that they spit out goes into, like, their view screen yeah. and melts in, and it turns out it's like a superheated villip? Yeah, it's a space villip. It's a, it's the same thing as the other villips we've met so far in this book. But Except this one, it can melt through a ship. Well, we mentioned it in the bonus content, actually, that there was a, a villip that could be fired at other ships. And I thought it was going to show up later, because, again, there's like 19 books in this series. Oh, yeah. But it seems like more than half the New Jedi Order stuff happens in this book. Uh, uh, so, the... The villa kind of pushes its way through their shields, melts through their view screen, and then barfs itself up, apparently. And then there's a picture of Prefect Dagara, the guy in charge of this mission. Oh, yeah. The villa flips inside out like it does. And Dagara's like, 
Hey, everybody, why don't you quit fighting and come on down here? Hello, Danny Quee and two corpses whose names are Bobson, Doug Nutt, and Sleeve McDykel. Welcome to your doom. And they're Please like, don't fight, or we will kill you in space instead of give you a good death. And this guy, for whatever reason, his, uh, was it Tivo Worm or Evo Worm or whatever they call it, Tivo, Tizo Worms, are like worse than the other two, probably because he's an invader guy and not an infiltrator guy. Well, because- yeah, because even... Like, uh, Yeoman Carr still fucks up the language. Yeah, but this guy's bad at it. Well, this is probably the very first time he has tried speaking Galactic Basic. Yes. So he kind of is like, welcome, planet, to ours. It, he- hello. I fa 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 found you. Yeah, and they're like one of them, Benson in particular, is just straight up terrified and keeps like fucking go to hyperspace. Just go to hyperspace, and Quee's like, I already tried that. They they blew up like the very first thing they shot was that. All they're doing, this acid they're shooting at us, is exactly enough to keep us stuck where we are. So that's we can't go. He's like, but go, blow. And then finally, she gets spooked by him and tries to blow out and run away, and it doesn't work. No. The fighters are just like, all right, you're big dumb idiots. Yeah. So but, they disable it and they go yeah. tumbling towards the planet. Before that happens, there's a long conversation with Dagara, who introduces himself, announces that he knows everyone, and is like, hi, by the way, Yeoman Carr asked me to give you a warrior's welcome. Do you, Wink. Do you understand? Do you understand? Yeah, and yeah, he just wants them to know that they've been betrayed by a guy back on their previous planet. Yeah. Uh, and but then, you, mostly they want to know... Because Yeoman Carr does this, too, when he's going to kill fucking Jankum, is that he's like, I'm giving you a warrior's death. Do you understand the honor of this? And yeah. so Dagara's like, Yeoman Carr had told me to treat you like an actual warrior. Do you understand this? Yes. It's, it's uh, and actually a kind of a creepy way to, uh, to speak to these people. Uh, so it's cool and effective, honestly. Yeah, I like I- that they're like... I need you to understand what we're doing yeah. is important. Yeah. Like you're just talking to a child. Yeah. No, it's it's very it's very cleverly done to give them an extra layer of kind of condescension. Yes. Uh, anyway, they try to run and can't, and their ship is disabled to the point where it just spins down and crashes onto Helska 4. Indeed. And uh, they, well, Danny ends up essentially waking up being held by the arms of uh, from two, like, on either side from these two Yuzhen Vong. Yeah, these two big Vong has dudes. her feet in goo. Yeah, she's stuck in some goo, and she has, like, a Yuzhen Vong uh, guard squad holding her up. And then it, one of them has already died. One of them died in the crash. I think it's the least important one. <laughs> the least important one. Yeah, the one who isn't Bob, Bob, Bob's and Dugnut, the other one. Yeah, it's uh, Benson Tomri is the one that's alive. Yeah, so, so but he is also being held aloft by a couple of Yuzhen Vong. And she only recognizes him because he's like ow oh shit my shit is ow yeah and just as she's managing to kind of blink all the pain out of her eyes that dagara dude comes in turns his arm into a set of bird talons i'm still not sure what that is no he just made his hand like a claw yeah like a claw so he just did claw hand and, and then ripped into the dude's throat yeah ripped the dude's throat out but i think these guys do have bioengineered hand weapons and shit so it might be that he actually sharpens his fingers no i think he just makes his hand into a claw shape well we'll find out in the future i guess no nah, we won't no we won't you're right we'll never, it'll never know. come up it'll never come up so murders that dude drops him callously to the floor uh and then walks over to face uh Danny, Danny. Danny. And he's like, do you understand I am here to kill you as an offering to Yon Yomka? Yeoman Carr demanded respect for Danny Key. Do you understand? Yeah, and she's like, 
Yeah, uh, uh, what? Uh, uh, yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Yeah, uh, and then she switches into a mode of kind of just being tough and stoic because she figures that's the best thing to do here. Oh yeah, and he goes to put uh, the not the masker, but the other Ooglith. Yeah, Ooglith cloaker, the cloaker on. And she's struggling against it because it's just digging into her, her skin. And he's like, hey, don't dishonor Yeoman Carr by being a little chump now. You tough it out. Yeah, you tough this shit out or I'm going to kill you here and then no one gets anything good. And she's like, all right. And specifically, he's like, I'll kill you by putting you on the surface of the planet without the cloaker on and you'll just die out there because there's yeah, no air. I will give you a shitty death instead of a warrior's death. Yeah. But he also is like, I'm also going to give you the chance to see what we're doing. Maybe you join us? So one of the things I think we're going to find out about the Vong here is that they aren't really a species so much as like a, a culture, and that there's other types of creatures that are present in this in this faction that have been conquered and assimilated before. Yeah. And I think that's what he's like, hey, some of the people in this galaxy might end up being Vong by the end, or Yuzhan, whichever one it is, by the end of this. Yeah, so he's like, look, you're going to come with me, and you are going to see the glory of Praetorite Vong, and if you don't, then I'd just murder you anyway. Either way, it's all glory to Yum Yumka. Yeah, so she kind of holds still and toughs it out while the masker sticks itself into her skin. And at this point, we're considered very lucky that these creatures from another like galaxy have r roughly similar enough genetics that their machines work on people. Oh, yeah. The fact that this masker doesn't just kind of go like, yeah, okay, it's time to burrow into the skin here. Oh, why are you bleeding so much? That's yeah. weird. Oh, ew, this thing's not from my dimension. It's, it, it runs on entirely the wrong chemicals. Oh, no. Well, same dimension, different galaxy. Yeah. Uh, but it works, and it covers her up in a full-on space suit, and then he comes up and stuffs the starfish thing on her face. Yeah, and so she gets starfish dicked in her throat. Yeah, she gets deep-throated by a starfish, man. And he shoves her into that little worm tube into the water and, and she's then like, jumps in after her. Yeah, she gets a split second to realize that it's way warmer here than it should be considering that they're on the surface of the planet. Yeah. And she's like, oh, how are you even do? Oh, no, that's an alive tube, isn't it? And then he just pushes her in there. Whoop! Yeah. And she falls the endless distance into the watery hell that is the center of uh, uh, Hellska 4. Hellscape 4. Yeah. And I think that's the end of the chapter? Yep, that's the end of chapter 9. Yeah, there we go. Because chapter 9 is all... Yuzhan Vong stuff. Chapter 10 is all Luke and Leia and the family stuff. Just having good old fun times. It's weird that... that I loved the juxtaposition yeah. of like, here's an entire chapter where just people are getting murdered and shit is going wrong and like all of these fucking Vong are out here being evil and then you go... And now it's time to see what fun hijinks Jaina gets up to. All of the people you love and remember go on a fun adventure, meet Lando Calrissian, and get to go on a space ride. Yeah, you're like, wow, this is... It's very interesting because it definitely has this very separate view of, like, it's such a stark contrast for them not knowing what's going on. Because mm -hmm. it's like, here's all this shit going on, and the fact that they are able to just sort of like, let's go visit our friend and have a good fun time, makes it all the more like, oh no, this is super bad, because they don't realize. And they're not even there because, at this point, they're still going out there to try and figure out why smugglers are getting stopped by, like, Jedi or something. Like, their current need to get out and, and deal with Lando and so on is, is very minor compared to what's happening in the galaxy. Oh yeah, they're taking care of a piddly little problem yeah. that... 
honestly could have been dealt with a fucking email or some shit. Any one of them could have done this, but but uh, they've taken they've gone out as the whole family because they think nothing's wrong. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, first the, the Falcon arrives, then the oh, the Jade Saber. Yep. Yeah. Uh, honestly, at this point, if we're going to name all the ships in the galaxy after the person who owns them, I think we should have to rename the Millennium Falcon the Handjob. <laughs> See, I was just thinking, oh, man, if I had a ship, what would that be? The Taylor Sailor? <laughs> uh, I think you'd call it the Jontron. Oh, no, yeah. I would not. You wouldn't? Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> but anyway, the hand job arrives first, and then the Jade Saber. Uh, and then they have a, qu- a quick discussion where they're like, oh, no, where's Jaina in the X-Wing? It's really hard to fly an X-Wing in hyperspace for a week. Only, like, good Jedi can do that. Yeah, because... They were like, oh, yeah, we all decided to come out here as a family, but Jaina was just going to come out here in the X-Wing. Well, we wanted an X-Wing to be here in addition to all the other stuff. Uh, so she's, she offered to fly it out with R2 because it's a chance for her to do some more training. And because Mara's style of teaching Jaina is nothing but a series of pranks, goof, goofball <laughs> one-off traps. It's like, my entire teaching method is to prank you and see what happens. Yeah, her whole philosophy for teaching is, okay... You don't learn from repetition. You don't learn by by uh, by teaching in classrooms. You learn by me fucking with you in a unique way each time. Yeah, that way you can't prep for it. You gotta be on the fly. Yeah. In this case, she fed R2 the wrong hyperspace coordinates, so Jaina is going to come out of hyperspace like... Somewhere a, random. A couple clicks off. Like, she knew exactly where they were going, uh, but, but it was going to be a couple clicks off somewhere in the random uh, uh, era of deep space and let Jaina figure that shit out on her own. Yeah, she's like, okay... The whole thing is, to go that far in a X-Wing, you've got to be a Jedi that goes into like a ridiculous meditative trance. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to have this whole thing where basically she's going to come out of the trance, not be where she's supposed to be, and see if she can figure out just by like her surroundings where she is and how to get where she's supposed to go. Yeah, and R2's in on the deal. So if she fails, he'll bring her in anyway. Yeah, R2 has the correct coordinates, but... <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm down to fuck with humans. You know I'm down I'm to fuck sure, with humans. I'm pretty sure the moment she popped out and she's like, oh, I don't see any plants or anything. I'm in the wrong spot. Mara's fucking with me. Hey, R2, I learned 13 years ago when I was like three during the Planet of Twilight book that you're not allowed to lie to humans. So where the fuck are we and how do we, how do we get to where and then we're he going? Went, beep, boop. That's just C-3PO. He is a bitch. Beep, boop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. I guess I'll actually do my homework. <laughs> uh, so they wait and... After a few minutes, the X-Wing pops in, and they're like, hey, how's that going for you? A few minutes is basically time for Leia to go all mommy uh, scared again. Oh, how dare you send my poor baby somewhere. And Mara Jade's just like, ha, I don't fucking care. You uh, knew this was my teaching method when you asked me to, you want to go ahead and uh, and, and uh, jerk off over how, how rad I am again for a minute, and that'll, that'll calm you down. <laughs> <laughs> just just go ahead and have a little inner monologue about how, how brave and beautiful I am. It's yeah, fine. There you go. By the time you're done with that, she'll have shown up. <laughs> and indeed she does. Playing and the course, whole thing off. She just blames it on R2 and they continue what they were doing. Like, oh, looks like R2 had the wrong coordinates. Someone must have rascaled this droid. <laughs> and I love that the response is, fucking Mara Jade just laughs at her. like, ha <laughs> ha, dumbass. <laughs> Never let me near your stuff. I All right, next, fuck- <laughs> next Jedi test, I've pooped in your handbag. <laughs> Today we begin the challenge of the Bofa. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> have you ever heard the legend of D- 
Darth Ligma the Wise? <laughs> Darth Ligma? <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, it turns out that it is very impressive what Lando has going on out here. Um, they make reference to a previous one of Lando's crazy projects with a bunch of shield ships. Uh, I, I forget, Mirkir or Rinkil or something. It was another planet where he was like a mind administrator, but the planet was too close to the sun. So to keep them safe, they used these ships that had one little spot where people sat, and then the whole rest of the ship was just a giant shield array to keep the sun heat away. Yeah, and it was like shield projectors and stuff like that. So they're like, oh yeah, the whole thing was just there to protect everything that was yeah, like on the planet. So they were called shield ships, and those are still here because he still owns them anyway, so why not? Yeah. Uh, and then a whole bunch of ships are coming in and out. There's a ton of ore moving in and out of this processing facility. Whatever he set up is amazingly successful. Oh yeah, because they're like, there is like more traffic here than at the core. This is nuts. He's barely had a year to set this up. And this is crazy successful. Like, too much stuff is happening yeah, here. Something's ha- something else has happened with Lando that he hasn't mentioned yet, where he's got too much money. He, maybe he found that Hoth asteroid that we were talking about. I don't know. Or maybe he's dealing with smugglers. It could just be Wait. that he's working with smugglers. But anyway, they call into the, uh, the tower and they're like, hey, we are the most famous people in the galaxy. Please let us land. <laughs> Hi, it's us, the people you know. Please let us in. Yeah, you know, you, everyone in Star Wars has also seen those movies, so just <laughs> let us land. We're the guys. We're the, we're the guys. We're the, we're the main people. Yeah. Come on now. Honestly, if you don't let us land, we're going to blast you in land and get away with it because we're basically royalty. <laughs> so they do. Like, the guy on the comms is even like, ooh, hey, cool. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Can I have your autograph? Please don't blast me for no reason and then get away with it. <laughs> Uh, but what happened? Yeah, they, they, he lets Lando know. So Lando meets them at the docking ring, just like it was in Empire Strikes Back. He's like, "Hey, hey, I'm happy to see all of you." You know? Yeah, it's it's just this nice, fun, happy time where Lando's like, "Thanks for joining me." I think my everything's favorite, great. My favorite part was Lando deflating Mara Jade a little bit because she's like, "Not many try to hug me," and he's like, "More for me then." Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! I should be hosting Family Feud in the fifties. <laughs> Let me give you a kiss. Let me just give you a quick kiss and reach in under your shirt there, and, and okay. All right. So, a hundred people surveyed. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he he gets away. But I think a little provincial though. He 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 goes, he's a like, more for me then, and he gives her a big hug, and then he and he has to check with Luke to he see. Looks if over that, to Luke, and Luke is just like, yeah, gay. Like Luke, Luke has to be like, hey, have you seen how chill I am in every one of these books? I'm. Completely 100% serene. Look, Mara and I have uh, an arrangement. There is no way that they are. Not just an arrangement, but there's no way they aren't just straight up Polly and talking about it. <laughs> it's just part of their thing. Uh, and Luke doesn't even partake. He's not. He's just like, I don't care. You belong to the force in the universe. And also that guy who works at the gas station. <laughs> yeah, Luke is just like, look, if, if a ghost Jedi lady comes back, maybe I'll hook up with her. But yeah. other than that... <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you again what my Desert Island Five are. It's Gariel Captison, Callista Ming, <laughs> Leia. If she wasn't my sister, <laughs> Leia. If she is my sister, ooh, we only talk about that the one time. <laughs> Obviously, Gurry, because Jesus Christ, <laughs> yeah, you gotta try it. You gotta know: is droid sex just as good? <laughs> Would she kill me? And then that heap of Brebeshems I saw that one time on Cersei Station. Oh, they were quivering. Lie. They were quivering in a way that really worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get up in that heap. <laughs> I'm going to turn those heaps into sex havers. That's my Jedi mission. 
Uh, also, so, yeah. I'd like to just break a ghostling in half. But who wouldn't? I got blood in my veins, right? Huh? <laughs> hey. That <laughs> uh, doesn't count as being on a list. <laughs> Never wanted to break a ghostling in half, given the chance. So they look around, and there are a couple of X-Wings. The new XJ kind. Oh, yeah, the special new X-Wing, which I tried to look up for a bonus content, and uh, they weren't that interesting. No. But he's like, oh, the only people that would have that are, like, the very rich and powerful and the Jedi. Yeah, the only people who get them are the Jedi. Uh, Again, we've been talking for a while now about how the Jedi aren't really part of the New Republic and aren't supposed to be getting special privileges. How are they getting top-of-the-line military equipment then? Yeah, the fact that he prefaces it with, these are super new, not many people have them, this is super rare... Also, the only other people that would have this are the Jedi. Like, f- how? I mean, does do- being stoic and knowing magic earn a good paycheck? Who makes Je- X Wings again? Is I think they're Incom, Incom T sixty five. Is that right? They're incels. Yeah, yeah, they're all incels. Uh, but but I think Incom is the company that makes them. So it might be that the Jedi have a deal with Incom directly, and these aren't New Republic X Wings. Maybe. Well, what deal would the Jedi have with them that Incom cares about? Uh, give us some X-Wings because we're Jedi, probably. I mean, because <laughs> of the implication. I mean, they just showed up at a dealership and were like, you want to give me this? Yeah, we want these. I'd like to have the full package on this. <laughs> I want the XL version of the XJ. <laughs> give me the XJ with the full warming seats. Ooh, yes. But, I mean, Incom was probably like, oh, man, we have a shadowy dude at the top who's about as dirty as the boss from RoboCop, so <laughs> obviously we need to give the Jedi what they want or they'll come check us out. Uh, so, yeah, and it turns out that they head in, and, of course, they're finding out about the whole run through the asteroid belt. Yeah, and- it's amusing to me that that's where they start. They're just out here to see the asteroid belt run thing instead of be like, hey, we have to be, we have to discuss like actual serious problems. Now, just lead us to your most interesting amusement park ride, please. Yeah, they're like, ooh, I see you got some TIE fighters in here. What's that all about? And he's like, all right, let me tell you about what goes on here. So it turns out that the best ship to use to run the... Uh- the, the asteroid belt kind of training scenario is TIE Advanced, which are the specifically the TIE fighter that, that Vader used in the trench run in the first in, in New Hope. Yeah, because the cockpit in there isn't solid. It can kind of like bounce around in there. Yeah, he specifically says it has an excellent sonic dampening couch, which I would like a sonic dampening couch. That'd be fantastic because I fart a lot. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but apparently they have really good couches inside of the ex- the, these particular TIE fighters. Uh, and there's a leaderboard. Yeah. And the ga- it's not to get from point A to point B. You just fly into an asteroid area. And how long can you last? And you're not allowed to fly backwards. You have to go forwards the whole time. And it's how long can you fly forwards through these asteroids before you bonk into one. Yeah. And if you leave the asteroid field, your time ends. Mm-hmm. If you try to fly backwards, your time ends. But if you, like get knocked around by asteroids and move backwards that doesn't stop you yeah. it's just if you try to like break and move around something yeah and they also have like sensors on the ships that tell them if the pilot is in too big of trouble and then they yank them out of there whether or not they were still in the asteroid field yeah and they've got ridiculous hyper shields that are being generated by these ships mm-hmm. that are just shooting super shields on them so that they bounce off. And that, it turns out, Land- uh, Han is like, oh, that's actually the most interesting thing going on here. It's not the mining operation. Lando finally cracked the code of how to have a big ship give shields to a little ship. Yeah, he's like, that's going to be worth more than all of the asteroids he could mine here if he manages to sell that. And that would be super impressive if it didn't happen 13 years ago on Planet of Twilight. <laughs> 
<laughs> but these people don't read each other's books. Only we do that. <laughs> Only us. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, the the leaderboard, there are some people on there, and the only two names that anyone recognizes are uh, Mankey Regalia. It's, yeah, Miko Reglia and Kip Duran. And not only is Kip Duran currently the top of the leaderboard by being able to stay in the asteroids for 11 minutes and 30 seconds, but also... He's here. He's on the station. I yeah. was wrong a few episodes ago, and I thought he would never be mentioned again. No, no, there's there's Kip that business. XJ is definitely there. Those are yeah. It's Kip Duran and his apprentice Miko Reglia here on the planet or the asteroid or whatever this is. Yeah. The base, uh, the base. It's a it's a planet because there are two planets. One looks like garbage. The other looks great. And the one that looks great is where Lando is. No, I thought that was Osarian and Romama Mool. I thought they he was, compared it to that. Oh, okay, I thought it was that he had two planets that were orbiting a central spot, and he was in there. Which would also be like Osarian and Ramamool. There's parallels within parallels. Ah, wheels within wheels. Anyway, of course, all the kids want to do the fun ride. Yeah, so they're like, oh, can, can I have five tickets to go on the asteroid Mom, ride? Mom, buy me an e-ticket so I can ride the TIE Fighter. Man, an e-ticket has not existed since you have been alive. I know, but it's just one of those things you hear. Yeah. I've never seen an e-ticket. No, no one... That has been born since you has seen an e-ticket, because that stopped being a thing in, like, the 60s. Now, if you don't mind, I'm just going to take my pile of Subway tokens and go home. I'm going to take my pile of Subway sandwiches and eat them. <laughs> uh, I'll buy one of those off you for a couple of these wooden nickels I have. Ooh, or wooden these nickels. Or these buffalo nickels I have. Oh, buffalo I, nickels? I have nothing but old shit, John. <laughs> Also, this old shit I have. <laughs> we trade you for these buffalo I chips. <laughs> I took it in someone's handbag. <laughs> anyway, the kids want to do it. And uh, I think it's Jason goes first. Yes. So Jason goes out there and he's basically everyone does their thing. So Jason goes out and he's like, ooh, I'm going to become one with the force. And he goes and do a super meditative trance and <laughs> then gets knocked the fuck out. Yeah, he he makes it about I think it's 4 minutes or something and he he, he makes it onto the leaderboard but not like yeah. into the top. He's below Miko even. He's 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 somewhere in the top 20 and that's it. Yeah. But at least he made it. Yeah. And then uh Anakin goes and immediately sets a set, not a huge record but gets on the board again and he's he, doing just fine. And he goes above Jason and of course the whole thing is oh while Jason was trying to be meditative and like reach out with the force Anakin is straight, like, doing tricks and flipping around stuff, and he's, he's just using the Force as a physical thing rather than a mental thing. Yeah, and he does pretty well, but he gets above Anakin, and there's a moment where, I forget who it is, was, like, like vaguely needling Jason bad, like, oh, Anakin beat your score, and he's like, yeah, good for him. <laughs> well, are, well, no, there's, you there's the point where Anakin hits an asteroid and goes flying off, and they're like, hey, my dude, are you okay? Mm -hmm. Are you okay? And he finally is like, yeah, I'm okay, and like... Hey, you beat Jason. Uh, okay, whatever. I'm yeah. gonna vomit. I don't care. Which I assume is because he just generally doesn't care. The two of them have their disagreements, but they're not competitive with each oh, other. Oh, they're super competitive with are, each are other. Are they? Okay. All right. It's just he got spun around for like, <laughs> like yeah, several minutes and is wants to barf. And he, be, they're like, you beat Jason's time. It's uh, like that's great. As uh, soon as I can walk, I'll care. And then we have to do what really is the capstone of this two-chapter series, which is Jaina's run. Now, first of all, when Anakin gets knocked around real hard, Leia's trying to pull the plug. Oh, yeah. She's like, all right, no, fuck this. We're done here. There is no way that that was going to work. Oh, yeah. It, you, she was already yeah. in one of the TIE fighters. She's like, Jaina, don't you go. And she's, she's like, like oh, you're break. Yeah. Uh, I can't. 
Okay, you already let both my siblings go. I'm fucking going. You don't understand. There's zero possibility that you would stop me. You. It's almost like you never had any brothers or sisters, and that is very weird to me because I can hear him talking on the mic right now. <laughs> yeah, also, it's almost like you've never met us, your children. Mm-hmm. Of course I'm doing this. I'm definitely doing this. Luke even has to explain to her, he's like, hey, look, if she had come back in here and sat down and not done it, she would have been madder at you than you are at her right now. That this- would have created way more shitty tension than her just going out there and dicking around and you being kind of angry. This is the path of least resistance that we're on right now. Just let this one slide. <laughs> just let it go. And she's like, I'm so mad about my daughter disobeying me. She heard me talking. But anyway, Jaina goes flying in there, and uh, she's real good at it. Yep, so she's like, okay, time to time to get my force on, time to go do a thing, and oh no, up from the sensors we get a reading that there is going to be an impenetrable area. Yeah. One of the things that occasionally happens is enough asteroids sort of meet to create a wall such that getting around it would make you go out of the zone and be disqualified anyway yeah it's not fair and they can set her up to have her go again and so on but but she's only been like four and a half minutes and lando's just like oh that's that's shitty luck yeah he's like well she's already passed the other two at this point she's been in there she's been there long enough that she's already kind of set the record between the three of them and then he's like oh an impenetrable solution yeah we got to yank her she's not gonna be able to make it around that and she's like no i'm not getting yanked fuck you and she just turns on the same force sense that jason did but also was a better pilot than jason yeah so she just starts essentially pinballing through asteroids where all she does is she'll like go and get right next to an asteroid and then repulse her off of it and just keep doing that, bouncing around. So she's basically, yeah, she's bouncing from from asteroid to asteroid. And if the asteroids knock her backwards, that's not her fault. She didn't reverse. Yeah, she's just swinging her arms. And if you get hit, it's your fault. Yeah, and she manages to make it through the impenetrable uh, situation uh, after a lot of careful and dangerous flying. And then she still flies for a long time. Yeah, so at that point, she just sort of goes into a trance. And everyone's like, oh, shit. She's been in there for, yeah. like, six, seven minutes. Yeah, and Lando's like, oh, shit. Uh, turn, tell everyone on the station and put this on the big TVs. And he leans over to Han. He's like, I'm going to run bets on this shit. <laughs> and his technician's like, oh, yeah. When the impenetrable situation popped up and she didn't you know, quit, I already did all the shit you're oh, talking about. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm not I, dumb. Fucking Kip Duran has been in the hangar watching this for the past four minutes. <laughs> yeah. So she goes flying through. And at the end of it, she finally runs out of steam gets knocked by one asteroid into another and fired out of the, out of the uh, asteroid field. And remember that Kip Duran's record was 11 minutes and change. Yeah, so she's, you know, calls in, and she has no concept of time because she's just been in Jedi trance. Yeah. So she's like, oh, wow, okay. Uh, I don't know how long that was. That seems pretty good. And the station is just deadly quiet because she has been in there for 27 minutes. Yeah, she did a 27-minute and 27-second run. Yeah. And Han just goes, yep, that's my girl. She can fly. Ah, uh, she's a good flyer, that one. Yeah, and that's the capstone to the chapter. Yeah. Good for her. Good. She beat Kip Duran's record, and thank God, because Kip Duran's a real piece of shit. Yeah. And he shouldn't be being given an apprentice, let alone being allowed to stay a Jedi. Yeah, he probably shouldn't be allowed to do, things. do anything. He yeah. should be in the biggest jail you've got finding out that he's in charge of a rogue jedi squadron and everyone likes him for it is a real problem yeah they're like oh kip duran went rogue with people nothing bad ever happened when kip duran went rogue (laughs) (laughs) anyway we don't actually get to meet him this chapter so you know that's nice yeah 
But there you go. We got the the two juxtaposed chapters of Oh my god, horrible murder and we happy fun times with the family. Yeah. Oh god, Mara Jade messed with her again. Oh, oh no. She told her she has to meet with the most famous Jedi master of all, Master Beauregard. <laughs> Who's Master Beauregard? Bo, regard these nuts. <laughs> Uh, oh, here you go. I have given you a Jedi test. I have replaced your shampoo with hair remover. Are you strong enough in the Force to realize it? <laughs> I have shorted her sheets. <laughs> <laughs> Only a true master of the blade will be able to solve this one. <sighs> oh, she's in a Jedi meditative trance. Let's put her hand in warm water. <laughs> I'm going to put some uh, foam in one hand and tickle her nose with a feather. Let's see what happens. Uh, I did that once. The guy was unconscionably mad, and it was. It turned out it was not a good trick to do to people. It might have been because we didn't use foam. We used a handful of jello. Oh, well, there yeah, you go. That's a, that was a much meaner thing to do, I think. I mean, maybe. At least it doesn't really get all over you. Oh, is it jello pudding or like no, jello straight, jello? Like actual jello, and it does get all over you because that stuff shit starts melting the moment it touches your hand. <laughs> I mean, it was. He had to take a shower. He had to take a long shower to get all the jello out of his hair. Long, cold shower. He got a shit ton of cherry jello in his hair. It uh, was. It might have been the meaner one of the meaner pranks to have pulled on a person. Well, there you go. So, anyway, there you go. Uh, that's the end of these two chapters. Uh, hopefully, the next one's going to feature some connections between these two things because you know you, you, it, we're at the halfway mark. Yeah, we're getting to the point where we're like. All right, probably Let's we get should to the fireworks factory. <laughs> we should figure out what's going on here. Yeah, and we have that problem in every one of these books. This one had a promising start, though, so I'm I'm still holding out hope for it that the next chapters get interesting, well, really at interesting. At least with this one, all of the sort of main characters you know are together, mm -hmm. and it's not like. Let's follow four different stories, three of which don't matter. Yeah, it's true. It's it's almost like they realize that the least interesting thing about these books usually is what the main characters are doing, and so they've put them in quarantine while they tell a cool story about monsters. They're like, all right, we got these weird alien invaders. We're telling it an alien invasion story in Star Wars, and we took all the main characters, and they're, I don't know, they're fucking asteroid Disneyland. I mean, yeah, they're always invincible and boring anyway, so we sent them to a fun theme park ride where they can have a good old time. While the actual story takes place. Yeah. So anyway, that's the end of that. Still liking the book. I'm not I'm not gonna lie, this book doesn't piss me off too much. Yeah. There's a lot of forgettable corpse names, but whatever. We made we made our way through that zombie book just fine. Oh yeah. The fact that they're at least able to be like, No man, this is this is serious business. We're murdering people. Yeah. You're like, Okay, that's fine. All right. I get it. Yeah, no, I get it. I'm enjoying it so far. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, go to patreon.com slash systemmastery, because if you're a $2 pledge or above, you get access to the bonus content Expanded Expounded Universe, where we go to Wikipedia and find stupid things about Star Wars to tell each other and you. That's right. We are going to have a couple of weird, dumb, nonsense things to talk about, and we'll be doing that right after we're done with this, so... If you're already a donor, you just load it up in your little podcast app, whatever you got. You got a Stitcher, you got a you got a Podcatcher, you got you got a iTunes. Uh, yeah, you shouldn't. W whatever you it's have. It's dead now. Yeah, iTunes is being being uh, shuttered. I'm actually in the market for a new one because my old one I I did the thing where I bought the no ads and then it like changed ownership and now it's ads all the time. Boo. Boo indeed. I spent 3 of dollars on that. Boo. Sure it was like 4 years ago, but still. Ugh. 
So I'm I'm in the market for a new podcast catcher app for my phone in case you're in case you have any good recommendations. Yeah, if you can recommend a good podcast app, great. Tell Jeff. Notably, it should be one that can be voice controlled by my phone because this one throws these ads up that I have to press buttons to make them go away. I'm like, fuck you, I'm driving, dickhead. I want my podcast to start when I say, okay, Google, start podcast. And there goes my fucking phone. And there goes the phone. And it's going to be off the Google podcast app, so it's going to be some shit about business success or something. Oh, business success. Fucking every podcast app comes loaded with these podcasts where they're like, hey, uh, would you like to make more money? Follow these seven easy steps. (laughs) You want more money? Sure. We all do. (laughs) Hi, I'm the old references guy. Hi, it's me. Hi, I'm C. Everett Coop. If you've fallen and you can't get up, consider Life Alert. Hey, it's, it's a commercial for Sears. It's going to be another hot one tomorrow. <laughs> I'll call now. <laughs> You'll call now. I'll call now. Where's the beef, though? Uh, we're old and dying, John. The yep. world is spinning apart. The world spins on as we disintegrate. The center cannot hold. <laughs> uh, anyway. Anyway, yeah, make that recommendation on Twitter to us. Yeah, yeah. System Mastery. We're happy people. That wasn't a sad introspective moment or anything. <laughs> Don't uh, let the existential <laughs> dread set in. <laughs> uh, find us at Gen Con this year, too, and say hello. Hell yeah. We're well, going to be there. We're doing a bunch of events, and I think all three of them still have at least one ticket available. Fuck yeah. Find us. And even if you aren't at one of our events, just find us. Find just us. track us down. Try to find two big beardy dudes at, at Gen Con. So how- hold on. I'll let you know. We'll be wearing nerdy apparel, uh-huh. so that ought to narrow it down. Cargo shorts and nerd shirts is what... And if you can find two people doing that... Ooh, wow. You will oh, run under I'll be wearing cargo shorts. John will be wearing... What is that? Rolled up sweatpants? Is well... That, is that what we're doing? <laughs> I mean, I haven't done laundry in a while. <laughs> I only just noticed that now. Yeah, I was like, oh, all I have is sweatpants left, and it's warm, so I guess I'm wearing sweatpants rolled up. <laughs> all right, that's fair. I won't give you too much hassle for it, because that'll let the existential dread set in. Exactly. SystemMasteryPodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in a week with yet more Star Wars content. And until then, I've been Elan Sleezbagiano, and I love wearing rolled up sweatpants. Sweatpants. <laughs>